Welcome to the Limitless Church Podcast. In today's episode, you'll be hearing from Bishop Scotty Scott as he brings part three of the message titled, The Blessing. We hope you enjoy. So glad you're here today with us, joining with us from wherever you are in your living room, wherever you may be. And so I've asked for a Limitless staff to join me. They're going to come with me up on stage and because we want to share collectively today what the Lord's put in our spirit and in our heart for you today. And we pray that wherever you may be and whatever you, wherever this may find you, that God is going to meet you where you are. God is meeting you right where you are. I thank you, God, that your presence as we've worshiped you together. We, we may not be physically together, but we are spiritually united today across the entire nation, around the world, wherever someone's joining in with Limitless today, God, we are, we are connecting to you as we connect to each other through this stream. And so, God, we just pray today that you'll just have your way, move in someone's life, change somebody's life. God, meet us together right where we are. There is no time and space in you. You are everywhere in all places at all times. And God, together, we connect together and connect to you today, and we give you the glory. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm excited today to be able to, uh, to have everybody with me, and uh, we're looking forward to what God's going to share with you today. Wherever you may be uh, joining us from, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to get in the Word of God today. And, uh, and dig in the Word of God. We've, we've been going through a series. I'm, I'm especially blessed because I got somebody beautiful sitting next to me, and it's not Kevin. <laughs> and, and, amen. He, now, he's pretty, but this is amazing. Amen. And, and so, and, so uh, I, I'm, and not only that, but everybody up here makes it all look beautiful. Amen. And, um, and so we're, we're, we're excited uh, to be with you and be where you are today, and we're just going to relax. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to turn this limitless lounge, if you want to call it. I almost called it limitless living room because it's like we're sitting around the living room, and, and we pray that this living room would meet you at your living room today and that you would receive from God today what the Lord has to say. And not only that, but we're going to pray with you. We're going we're gonna to get in the Word of God today. We, we, you know, we might shout. We might jump, holler, go off camera, come back on camera. But we're going to relax and have a good time today in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. And um, I love this because, you know, there's something, um, a lot of times people know I love to preach, but I love this more than I love just preaching, um, the opportunity to be able to take questions and answers. And we're going to do that. We're, we're going to take some question and answers. Uh, Kevin's got the, the, his little mini here with us, and uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going, to, we're going to take some questions and answers as we get towards the end. I'm going to share what God has put in my heart, and then we're going to take some questions from the staff here and um, just have a little discussion panel together, and we're going to get mic'd up and all those things, and then we're going to open it up for questions to come. The good thing about it is that, you know, it's dangerous on this platform because there ain't nobody that's waiting to go to lunch, you know. You can, you can, <laughs> they thought I was long-winded before, now, now I got you in your living room. You can, you know, you can, you can sit back in your lazy boy and listen, you know, <laughs> but uh, go get a snack, 
Go get your popcorn. Do something. Get you a cup of coffee. Come on. Sit down with us. Amen? And, uh, and, and so, uh, but we're, we're so excited today about what God's going to do through this. Uh, it, it's amazing how what the enemy means for evil, that God can turn around and use it for good. Uh, I, I just, as I was praying today, I just saw people in their living rooms on their face before God. I saw people like, I saw people as we begin to enter into prayer, I saw people, I saw people just turn around on their couch and turn it into a, a kneeling bench and just begin to gather, their, gather their, their, their families together and say, come on, let's pray together and, 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 and meet God together. And I'm just believing God's going to do something in your living room. I'm praying the presence of God that we sense and feel right now is going to move right where you are and, and, and that there's, there's nothing greater than that. You know, the Bible says that, that, the, that the New Testament church they went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship together. And, and right now, that's the amazing thing, is that we're in house to house to house right now, uh, all at the same time. And so uh, we just pray for you and for your loved ones. And, and we're, we're, we're praying for the nation. We're praying for the world today that's being uh, affected by, uh, by COVID-19 and all that's going on with it. And, but... Um, but we, we believe that and we know that God is in control and that God is going to have his way and God's going to get the glory out of it. Amen? And so, uh, and so I, I want you to get with me and get your Bibles out. Go find your Bible somewhere. Dust it off the coffee table there, wherever it may be. Amen? You, you know, you get your device out. Not the device you're streaming with. You know, in, in, that way we can maintain connection here. But find some way for you to get the Bible out, if you will. And, and, and I want you to turn with me um, where we're going to base uh, our study off of today. We've been, we've been going through Psalm, we've been, we've been going through the blessing, Proverbs 10, 22, uh, talking about the blessing of the Lord and over the last few weeks. And it's just been amazing, life-changing for me, and I pray for you. And that, that verse says, the blessing of the Lord maketh you rich and addeth no sorrow with it. But I wanted to take that today and begin to deal with the scripture that deals with the blessing of God but in a corporate body way and in a collective way, and that's Psalms 133. And so uh, he's going to put it up on the screen, but I don't know if, you can, if, you, if you'll be able to see it from there, but get it wherever you are. And, and Psalms 133, it says, How good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. We're going to read it together here. Yeah. It is like the precious ointment upon the head, that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there, somebody say there, there. for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. And so I, I, I want us to just pray for a minute and, and believe God the last verse there, as the dew that descended upon Hermon, and as, as it descended upon Mount Z the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. I'm praying today that God's going to not just turn this place into there, but God's going to meet you right there where you are. And that wherever we're joined together, that's going to be there today. Amen? Amen. 
And he said, wherever they are in unity, there, right where you are, the Lord hath commanded the blessing. Not suggested, not maybe, not could be. There is a commanded blessing of God. And we just release that commanded blessing. That's what we're going to talk about today, the commanded blessing of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today for your blessing. We thank you, God, that for who you are. You are our blessing. God, we don't want to just receive a blessing from you without recognizing that you are the blessing. You are our portion. You are our reward. You are just you being you is all we ever need. For every good and perfect gift cometh down from you. You are the source of life. You are the source of our peace. You are the source of our joy. And we thank you, God that when you connect us to you, nothing can cut us off. We thank you, God, that we, we might be separated physically, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can keep us back from where you are. With your pre wherever we are, your presence is also. And so, God, let the presence of the, of the Lord, let your, the presence of the Holy Spirit just move today over this broadcast and meet somebody right where they are, wherever they are. Every place that we are together, wherever that is, let it be there. Let it be the place where the blessing of the Lord meets somebody in a way you never have before. And God, we give you glory. We just pray for miracles today. We pray for signs and wonders. We pray, God, that all over the nation, all around the world, as this broadcast goes forward, we pray that this anointing would be released, that your glory would be released, that, God, you would heal cancers today. You would heal people from, from, from blood pressure today. You would heal things circling respiratory, respiratory. You would even meet somebody that may be already exposed or infected with COVID-19 and heal them completely and totally. I thank you that COVID is not greater than you. I thank you that cancer is not greater than you. I thank you, God, that, that chronic back pain is not greater than you. I thank you, God, that none of these diseases are greater than you. And God, get the glory. Show how great and mighty you are. And God, thank you for the testimonies that are even going to come today from what you're going to say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to share a little bit, and then I want us to get some questions and answers, and then and just discuss some things. But uh, the Lord just really has put this in my spirit concerning this verse. He says, the first, verse, first word of this, Kevin and I were talking even beforehand, that the first word of this of Psalms 133. For me, there's no greater text that talks about the body of Christ than Psalms 133. It's an Old Testament chapter, but for me, it speaks of the body of Christ greater than any, any verse or any text throughout Scripture. Psalms 133, it says this, Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity, for it is like the precious ointment that ran upon the Ran upon the, came upon the head and down the beard, even Aaron's beard, and down the skirts of his garment. If you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the shadow of the substance of the New Testament. And so Aaron is the Old Testament high priest. Aaron's the Old Testament high priest, therefore he becomes a type and shadow of the New Testament high priest. How many know we got a New Testament high priest? The Bible says that we, we have not a high priest 
that has not been touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was tested in all points, and tried in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. That means Aaron is the Old Testament high priest. Jesus is the New Testament high priest. That means if we want to see how the body of Christ gets anointed, we need to see how the body of Aaron gets anointed. Because however Aaron gets anointed in the natural is how the body of Christ gets anointed in the spirit. And so how Aaron gets anointed in the natural is this. He said how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. For it is like the precious ointment that ran upon the head even and down the beard, even Aaron's beard and down the skirts of his garment. That means if we see how Aaron gets anointed, we will see what it takes for the Spirit of God to be released over the body of Christ. The same way that the anointing oil was released over the body of Aaron. And God says, there's a commanded blessing that I want to release. There's an oil that I have reserved. There's a blessing that's only held back until I find what meets the criteria for that blessing to be released. He said, there's an anointing that can only be released when you meet the criteria for the anointing to be released. The oil couldn't come on Aaron until Aaron was prepared for the oil. That means Aaron had to go through all of, these, all of these preparations for the oil to be released. Do you know the oil was not the first thing released over him? That first he had to be washed with hyssop. He had to be cleansed completely and totally. He also had to take, they also had to take the blood of the sacrifice and take the blood and put it upon his ear, his right ear, his right thumb, and his right toe. Why? It's because the oil can't hit where the blood has not been applied. That means before you can have a pass before you can have a Pentecost, you got to have a Passover. That means there has to be the shedding of blood before the Holy Ghost can show up. And we're right happen to be moving right into Passover and into Pentecost. And, and this is going to be an Easter like we've never had before. Well, I'm, 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 believing, I'm believing this is going to be an Easter like we've never seen. There's going to be, I, I just believe God's going to do some things in this season. And, 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 and there, may be, there may be ministries, pastors, and churches that are nervous like crazy saying, I've never had Easter with nobody in my church. But maybe, perhaps, God's setting us up. And who knows what the timing of this is going to be. But maybe God's setting it up because he's ready for the body to really be the body. Maybe he's ready for us, for us. Isn't it amazing that, that, that sometimes, you know, he said, he said when he took communion with them, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. That he broke his body at Passover so that it could be united at Pentecost. He broke his body so that we could put it back together again. That's why he said, whenever you do this, when he talks about communion, he says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. He said, I want you to do this, and when you do this, remember me. That remember is not just about us not forgetting him. When he says remember, he's literally saying, remember me <laughs> he's literally saying when you come back together in communion and in unity it puts back together what I broke apart 
He said, I broke the body so that through my broken body, you could be put back together as the body. I broke the natural body so the spiritual body could come back together. Oh, hallelujah. That's why he said until the body dies, until the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, until the physical body of Jesus is dead, the spiritual body of Christ can't rise. And he said, I broke my body so that you could put it back together. And every time you come back together in communion, it's not about some bread and some juice. Every time you come back together, there's a special there's a special anointing that comes at communion there's a special anointing that comes why is because he said I will not take this with you again until I come into my kingdom many people have misinterpreted interpreted that they thought that that was speaking about you know about us going to heaven and that the marriage supper of the lamb but no 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 the kingdom of God's not waiting until we get to heaven the kingdom of God is right here in this room the kingdom of God is right where they are sitting in their living room that the kingdom of God is within us and he said I will not do this with you until I come into my kingdom again that means that means he wasn't wait, he's not waiting to take communion with us at the marriage supper of the lamb he takes communion with us every time we come together and take communion in him he said, the moment we as the kingdom come together, there's a unique spirit and presence of the presence of God that shows up, and he literally comes to take communion with us as we commune together, because there is a commanded blessing. And so when we take communion, he said, I broke my body so that you could put it back together. He said, when you do this, you remember me see the greatest tool of the enemy is to divide us the greatest tool of the enemy is to separate us the great that's why he said this he said up on this rock when he told his disciples he said up on this rock i will build my church do you know that word church has nothing to do with an edifice that word church has nothing to do with a building that he says, when he says, up on this rock, I will build my church, he literally means ecclesia. It means the called out ones. He said, up on this rock, I will build my called out ones. <laughs> that means, he said, I'm going to bring them out of some things and put them together as a thing beyond what they were before they came to the thing. It means I'm going to build a church. That's why we are a spiritual habitation. We are not a house made of stone and brick. We are the living stones. We are the stones that build the house. We are the stones of the church. Oh, hallelujah. We are joint by joint, sinew by sinew. We are the body of Christ, stone by stone. See, see, see that's why he said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He's saying, I want you to understand something, that you together collectively make up the spiritual habitation of God. I want you to understand that you are the living stones for the building up of the habitation of God. Notice something. When, whenever they built the temple, they, the stones that they used to build the temple, mm -hmm. the reason he calls us the called out ones yeah. is because he said, Whenever you get to the temple site and they're building the temple, he said, the stones that are being used in the temple, he said, I want you to understand something, that there cannot be the sound of a hammer, he said, at the temple site. 
See, anybody that's ever done any masonry or anybody that's ever done any stonework in building, they can attest to this that whenever you, you bring the stones to the building site, and then you get the stones next to you or the bricks next to you, and then you, as you're building the wall, you look for a stone that might fit in the spot and might be close to the spot you need it, and then you take the stone and you shape it. And they take a little chisel and they take a little spade and they, they chisel away at the stone until they make the corners fit just right. He said, but the problem with when you get to the, my temple, I don't want the sound of a chisel. I don't want the sound of a hammer. Well, God, how are we going to make this thing work if you can't prepare the stones at the site wherever you need it? He said, no, there shall not be the sound of a, of a, of a hammer at the temple site. Well, if, if there's not a sound of a hammer, how do you dress the stones for the temple? He said, I want you to dress the stones for the temple at the quarry where they were hewn out. That means I want you to dress them at the pit that they were pulled from. That means, that, mean, that means God doesn't wait till you get to church to prepare you for church. God doesn't wait you to come and find, get you here and then prepare you for the, and qualify you for your calling. I want somebody to know that you were qualified for the calling by the pit that he pulled you out of. That, uh, what it took to pull you out of the pit qualified you. You're not qualified when you know enough verses. You're not qualified when you know enough Bible. You're not qualified when you get spiritually deep and know the backgrounds of every writer. You were qualified by the pain you got pulled from. You were qualified by the hurt you went. he pulled you out of. You were qualified by the chains that it, the process it took to break the chains off of you and pull you out of the dark place and pull you out of the pit you were in. The pit prepared you. And I don't know what pit you got pulled from but that thing that the enemy thought disqualified you the pit that you were in that the enemy said you could never be anything no honey the pit didn't disqualify you the pit qualified you for the call that God is about to place you in he prepared you where he pulled you out oh and now he's just going to put you in your place oh, now we're going to remember the body. And the Lord just, the Lord's just been dealing with me about the body. Because I've been, I've been saying, God, you know, he's been dealing with me about unity. He's been dealing with me about the body because I'm saying, God, how, how are we going to minister when there's no body? How, how, are we going, how are we going to come together when we're not together? He said, your together doesn't have to do with a building. Your together doesn't have to do with stones or a foundation that's, that's made out of clay. He said, I want you to understand that I'm going to test what's together. I'm going to prove my body. And the Lord's been dealing with me about the difference between testing and proving. He said, I'm, I'm allowing this to happen in this season, not to test you, but to prove you. Wow. He said, I, I, I'm not testing you to see if you're qualified. I'm going to prove that you were already qualified and show. Uh, I'm not testing you to see if you're ready to be who, you, who, who I called you to be. I'm going to prove you already have been who I called you to be. I'm just going to show that no matter what comes, no matter what disease, no matter how much they can't, you can't gather together, I'm going to show that the church is greater than just one hour out of Sunday morning. 
I'm going to show that the church is greater than just the gathering places all over wherever they are. That if you, when we're united, you can't separate us. When we're together, nothing can separate us. He said, I'm going to show that what God has joined together. No man, no force, no disease, no power can separate what God has united. <laughs> and he said, behold, I ain't got to the first verse. This, this, this ain't unusual. Amen. The good thing is we got time today. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> We're limitless. Amen. He said that, that behold, behold, behold. You know that word behold? It literally means sit down and gaze upon. It means give me your attention. Behold. He said, I want, behold means to gaze on with full attention is what it means. He said, do I have your attention? Maybe, maybe God allows some things. Just to get our attention. Has anybody ever had God get your attention? Has anybody? Has anybody? I, I know. I know. That there's moments and times that I, that sometimes we can, we can be in cruise control spiritually. There's sometimes we can be just going through the motions. There's sometimes I, I've sat in I've sat in worship services sometime and I've just I've just looked around and and just said God let me see spiritually who's really engaged and who's just going through the motions. Right. Because it's possible just to look at the screen up on the, you know, sometimes when we go to church, we, we can just go to church and go home and go to church and go home and go to church and go home. And, 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 and we've, he's, you know, we, 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 we're doing it, but we can be right in the middle of service and distracted. We can be right in the middle of worship and thinking about, you know, do I have any toilet paper? You know. <laughs> <laughs> we can be right, we can be right in the middle of, right in the middle of worship and thinking about this week's work schedule. Uh-huh. Ain't nobody thinking about this week's work schedule now. No. <laughs> you might be thinking about toilet paper, <laughs> but you ain't thinking about work schedule. Maybe this, maybe Sundays become just another thing. Maybe Sundays we've just scheduled it in like it's the ball game. Maybe we've just scheduled it in like it's another meeting we had at work. But this is where I just come do my spiritual thing. Behold. 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 Maybe God's removed distraction. Maybe God's zeroing us back into him. Maybe God said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And let the things of this world rose strangely dim in the light of his glory and goodness. Maybe God's right where you are wanting to say, look to me. Behold, behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. That word dwell there means to sit down. He's saying, first of all, let me have your attention. And then he's saying, sit down. <laughs> I've never seen a more restless generation than ours. I've never seen a generation that doesn't know how to sit down like this generation. Wow. 
I've never seen a generation, that you, you can't get them to sit anywhere. You can't get them to sit, sit anywhere. They, you, 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 we, we, we sit down for two seconds and we, we think, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go here, I got to go there, I got I got this, I got that, I got th- the other things to do. I got three, three things to do right now at the same time. I'm going somewhere. We're constantly going. We're in. We're going home, going to work, going home, going to work, going home, going to, going to get dinner, going home, going to work, going to church, going home, going to get dinner. It's like we're constantly, we never, and all of a sudden, sit down. We used to have things we used to call tarrying services. <laughs> we used to have things where we just come together, and I know that's old school. That's the old school coming out of me. But there used to be times we just come together and just say, we're going to wait on the Lord. We're just going to come together, and we're just going to begin to pray, and we're going to worship, and we're going wait, to wait on God just to show up. And God, we ain't leaving until, you sh- until your glory lifts. We ain't leaving until you're done with us. We used to have services where we'd let the presence of God come and hardly anybody wanted to go home. Anybody ever been to a service like that? Where, 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 where the service went on and it was like a three-hour service and normally everybody's waiting to see where lunch is going, but God showed up in such a way that there were people still laid out in the altar five hours later. We weren't even designated drivers to drive people home. <laughs> we were having to carry people to their car. You know, because when God shows up, when God shows up, when the, glow, when the real glory shows up, God, we just don't want you to go nowhere. Wherever your presence is, God, just don't lift this. I don't want to move out of the room because I know in this room is where you are. And God, maybe he wants to do that in your living room today. Maybe God wants to come with such a presence of God that it bumps you right out of your couch and puts you flat on your face and right on, right, right on your area rug, amen? And, and it turns into a prayer rug right where you are. And, and, and why? It's because he said, I want you to sit down. Sit down. There's things. God, God, God wants somebody to know, I need your attention. I want you to dwell with me. I want to get back to where my presence is enough. To where my presence is your everything. To where my presence is the centralized force of the tabernacle. You know, we build church today a lots of ways. We build church today. We, we build what we want to build, do what we want to do, and say, God, come fill it. We build it through programs. We build it through all of our outreach efforts and all of our, all of our helps ministries. We build it through a program for the 7-year-old and the 10-year-old. And we got something for the 18-year-old. And we got something for grandma, the 50-some golden girl ministry. You know, <laughs> amen. And, and I'm almost 50-some, so I'm about to be the golden boy. <laughs> amen. And, 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 but but we, we, we build all of these. So if we have enough programs to meet everybody's need, and we're reaching out enough, and we got community activities, and we got all this going on, and then, and then we build what we want to build and say, God, come bless it. God, come fill it. Yeah. See, but that's not how God built his house. God didn't build the outer court and then make his way in. God got the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, where the Shekinah dwells. God said, I get my presence and then build everything else around my presence. (laughs) In fact, everything else that's built around it is just to give you access to it. 
Today we do everything and think it's all about God. But does it bring you to God? In some of our church services, we could go through our church order and the presence of God not be there and we wouldn't know the difference. And I hear God saying, Behold, I want you to come back to me. How good and pleasant it is for us to dwell together. See, there's people right now that aren't taking the assembly lightly anymore. There's people right now who hadn't been to your church in four weeks and now you long to get back to it. There's people right now that, that they just come and go. See, see, today, church is different today. See, when I grew up in church, and maybe when we, you got, y'all grew up in church, I remember like, you know, people, people asked me, said, said have, what, did you ever have a drug problem? I said, yeah, my mom gave me a drug problem. I said, what do you mean? My mom and dad gave me a drug problem. I said, I said what, kind of, what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, every time the church was open, they drugged me to church. <laughs> and, and, and every time, I, it, it wasn't a matter of, are we going to church this Sunday? It was a matter of, okay, what time do we have to be at church this Sunday? Because anytime the church was open, we were going to be there. And that's how, we, we, used to, we used to understand commitment. We used to understand covenant. We used to understand that you used to have a covenant with the church just like you had a covenant in marriage. We used to understand you, you just, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a smorgasbord of where do we go this Sunday because what do we want to have this Sunday? What do we want to go to the church that has that word? Because I feel like I want some word today. So we're going to go down to the word church this Sunday. And I, I don't want the word this Sunday. I feel like I want to have some worship this Sunday. And I, I like their band down at the other church. So we're going to go down to that church because we want to get, get the band that's so good. We, I, I, I feel like being in cool church. So we're going to go down to hipster church this Sunday. And we're going we're gonna to go down there and put on my skinny jeans this Sunday and and and, and, and we, we, we we decide like what kind of church do I want this week and what kind of because we, we don't have a planting we don't have a rooting we don't have a sit down we don't have a dwell we don't have an understanding of this is the covenant in which I have this is where God where I dwell in the house of the Lord this is not we, we don't have that we just think that it's it's just free for all and we've lost the power of covenant we've lost the connection and commitment to know that this is this is not about just a building it's a covenant to a body that God has joined me together with and it's not something to take lightly it's not something I can just leave easily I used to tell people this I said you know y'all get the choice of whether you show up this week I said the problem with the church is that y'all think you have options you think that if I if you get mad this week you think you can just go to another church next week. What do I get to do when I get mad? Because, like, if I get mad, I still got to be here tomorrow. I still got to come next Sunday. I got to come next Sunday and get over my mad. I got to come next Sunday and still serve the Lord with gladness and not madness. <laughs> but the the myth is that you think you have an option. The myth is that you think that you get choices that ministry doesn't. Not if, 
not if you are operating in who God has called you to be. Because God's called you to be who he's called you to be somewhere. And he didn't want you to have a convenient relationship with church. He's not interested in your convenience. He's interested, interested in your covenant. And I hear God say, behold, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell. Sit down. Where are you running? Where are you going? What's your, what, what? Wherever you're going, is it more important than where God is? Why does the service only have to be an hour or else you've got to find another church because it's too long? How good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. 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 Unity means that what was two and more than one has become one. Why? It's because there's things that can't be released in God without more than one becoming one. God is the God of covenant. God is the God of connection. That's why, that's, why, that's why from the very beginning he spoke when he created man, he said it's not good for man to be alone. There's some things that God's called you to do that you can't do by yourself. Why? Is because God has so made this that anything that's God is bigger than you, greater than you, will outlive you and outlast you. If what God has called you to do can be done only through you, it wasn't God. God needs somebody beyond you to do what God has called you to do with you for it to be God because it's got to be bigger than you, better greater than you, beyond you, and outlive you and outlast you, it's going to take more than you to do what God's called you to do. That's why he had to create Eve, is when he looked at man and saw the assignment that was on man that was greater than man could fulfill by himself, he said, I have to make two out of one so that two, when they come together as one, united again, can accomplish what the one by itself couldn't do without the other. (laughs) That's why she's called a helpmate. Is because when God releases anything in you, you're going to need help to fulfill it. Mm. And that's why two or more, why? Is that's why if you look all through scripture, is that anything that God does requires for more than, requires an assembly. It requires a connectivity. It requires things that are diverse and separated to come back united. And in that united force, God does something he couldn't do when it was individual. God always moves corporately before he moves individually. That's why when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place and in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. Why? It's because there's an anointing that can't be released until the brethren dwell as one. There's an anointing, there's a blessing that can't come on you individually that's reserved for us corporately that when the oil is released corporately it empowers you individually. There's some things you can't get just by your 
yourself. There's some things you can't get just isolated and alone. There's some things you can't get just connecting to God. See, that's for some people that think all I need is Jesus. All I need is a relationship with the Lord. I got my own walk. I got my own talk. I got my own anointing. I got my own grace. God can do anything as long as I got King Jesus. I don't need nobody else. No, no, that, that, that's a nice song, but it's not. It's a lie. God bless you, Vicky Winans. Love you, but it's not the real truth because the real truth, you need something beyond just King Jesus. The, you can't have the king and not have the kingdom. You're going to have to find your place in the kingdom in order to have access to the king. That means, in fact, if you look at all the scriptures where he says, if you're going to get access to me, you got to get right with them. Why? He said, that's why forgiveness is so important and so vital is because the enemy comes to separate us. The enemy comes to divide us. The enemy comes to divide and conquer us. Why? It's because he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The church has never been defeated by an outside force against us coming in. Any time that persecution, affliction has attacked the church, it only makes us greater and stronger. In the New Testament church, when they attacked and persecuted the church in Jerusalem, it was God's means to break them out and do worldwide evangelism because they were stuck in Jerusalem until the church in Jerusalem was persecuted. And when the church in Jerusalem was persecuted, it caused them to break out to Ephesus. It caused them to break out over here to Corinth. It caused them to go where they didn't go before because the more you persecute the church is the more it expands and enlarges. See, that's for somebody who feels like this COVID thing is to shut down the church, who's been saying this COVID thing is to take the church down. No, honey, the devil ought to know by now. If he brings something from the outside, I don't care if it's a force, I don't care if it's an army, I don't care if it's a disease, this thing is not greater than what God is doing on the inside of his church. In fact, the more it attacks us, is the greater and more powerful than we're going to ever be before in existence. He said the real threat to the church is not from outside in. The real threat to the church is from the inside out. He's saying the real threat upon this rock I will build my that's why he's called the cornerstone we are the lively stones, but he is the cornerstone. Is because he's the foundation, but we're the stones that are built on him. What is the stone? The stone's not Peter. Up on this rock I will build my church. What, 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 what's the stone? The stone's not Peter. I know Peter, your name is Petra, meaning rock, but there's nothing rocky about you, Peter. You're shaky. I mean, Peter, you, you up and down all over the place. You're volatile. You, you, got, you, got, you got some emotional disorders. You, 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 Peter, you bipolar. One, moment, one minute you up, the other minute you down. One minute, I, who, who is it that would betray you? I'll cut their ear off. Next moment, some little girl's asking you, do you know Jesus? Jesus who? You got a bipolar relationship, Peter. So, the, so, so it's not you, Peter. It's not you, Peter. It's not you being the rock. Well, what's the rock? The rock is the knowledge that you have about who I am to you. Upon this rock, Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, Peter, but my Father, which is in heaven. That means, Peter, I'm wanting to show you I'm about to build a church through you that's not flesh and blood. 
I'm about to build a church through you that's not about physicality. I'm about to build a church through you that's not about physically where you are. It's about spiritually what you're joined to. Upon this rock, Peter, your relationship and revelation knowledge of who I am to you, I will build my church. He said, I'm going to build a church, a spiritual habitation. And here's the threat that I need you to overcome. The gates of hell. How does a gate prevail? A gate doesn't prevail by attacking. A gate doesn't prevail by a war coming against us, an assassin coming against us. A gate doesn't prevail by getting a tank, something. A gate doesn't prevail by sending a disease. How does a gate prevail if a gate can't have a gun? It's an inanimate object. How can it prevail? A gate prevails by simply doing what a gate does. A gate's purpose is to divide. A gate's purpose is to separate. A gate's purpose is to keep something in and something out. A gate's purpose is to keep this over there and this over here. And he said the greatest threat to the church and to the body is going to be the gates the enemy brings to divide us and separate us. And the separation that's the threat is not the physical one. It's the spiritual one. See, if, if, if the physical separation makes you lose your commitment to your church, you didn't have one in the first place. If the physical, if you can't have church and be connected in covenant with your body that God joined you to because you're in your living room today, you weren't joined to that body in the first place. If you got to have 1030 in the sanctuary every week for you to be and stay connected, you weren't connected. You were separated before COVID ever showed up. And God, God said, I want to show you that upon this rock I'll build a church that no tool of the enemy that he brings to divide. That it's amazing how, how things like this show our separation. There's, last week it was amazing, you know, we, 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 when we had service a couple weeks ago or Last week we had we had service before last week, yeah it seemed like a couple weeks ago. But last week we had service and 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 we were under the guidelines of like 150 or less where we were, and so we were well well beyond that because because there were people already staying home and we told people to stay home that were that were in those you know things we need to be cautious older people people with pre existing conditions anybody that had been exposed or had a cold they needed to stay home we gave all those cautions but we still gathered together with those that could gather together and and and. And it's amazing to me how there immediately last week there were like rifts in the body of Christ between who stayed at church, who went to church, who's supposed to stay home. I can't believe you had church. I can't believe you didn't have church. You, you, ain't, you don't have faith if you didn't have church. You, ha, you, you don't care about people if you did have church. And, all, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, ho, 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 ho. Just the spirit of offense. 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 
A gate. <laughs> a gate. The enemy don't have to bring some kind of spirit of darkness to defeat us. Not when we're already divided. Not when, not when we, we, can't even get, we can't even get along. How can we be a body? When we're thinking about what disconnects us more than what connects us. How can we, how can we be a body when we're getting in arguments over stuff that don't even matter? And we can't even get together over the blood of Jesus and the presence of God. The gates of hell shall not separate us. It ain't about your church, my church, the name on the outside of your church. This is about his church. If this is your church, I don't want to be part of it. I want to be part of his church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. <laughs> and maybe God is doing some stuff to get his church back. Maybe God is having separation Sunday where he separates the saints from the ain'ts. You know, every now and then God has separation Sunday. Every now and then Jesus would have separation Sunday. Every now and then Jesus would do some stuff that's not convenient. <laughs> See, we, we, we worship convenience more than we worship Christ. We worship the easiest church to go to. Right across the street. We'd be connected to it because it's, I can walk out my, in my slippers to get there before it's the place God called me there. And, 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 and maybe God, every now and then, Jesus would do some stuff that wasn't convenient, wasn't easy to take. Like, you remember the Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount, I call it Separation Sunday. It's where he stood on top of the mountain and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Whoa. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Sounds like communion. Mm. Maybe. He's talking about the unity again. And he's saying, I want to see who will partake with the cup with me. I want to see who will take on the fellowship of my suffering. I want to see who can take the hit and keep on ticking. I want to see what I got and what's really with me. Mm. Because up to that point, at the mountain, he had a multitude that was surrounding him. And he's saying, mm, I don't think everything with me is really with me. Maybe I'll do some stuff to test what we really got. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, <laughs> you can have no part with me. All of a sudden, all the multitude, gone. See, there's certain things that your pastor might say that the moment they say them, you get offended and feel like, oh, I can't go to church there no more. Right, right, right. Do you know what he said from the pulpit? If that offense keeps you from that body, I'm wondering if you were really ever joined. Because maybe it wasn't a trial and a test to see your pastor's spirituality. 
Maybe it was a test to see if you would use it to be offended or as a point of prayer to pray for him. Maybe it was just testing to see if you could stay joined with something you didn't understand. Maybe he wanted to see if your disagreement was greater than your agreement. Maybe he wanted to test and see if you were in or if you were really out. Mm. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, all the multitude were gone. Gone. They thought, this guy's talking about cannibalism. This guy, what do you mean, eat my flesh? What, what are we going to do? We're going to get a north knife and fork and start cutting on him? And, drink. And, and, and even the disciples, look, the disciples turn and they say, this is... This is not, this is a hard saying. They said, Jesus, we know you don't mean you're gonna, we're going to eat your flesh and drink your blood. We, 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 we don't understand it, but we, we, we trust you enough to know you don't mean what they think you mean. We know you enough to be able to know not to misunderstand what you said because we know your heart. And he says, and, he, and he, they turn and say, this is, not a, this is a hard saying. But Jesus turns, and not every moment's the right moment to run up on your leader asking 50 questions. Because <laughs> like, you know, like when the whole, like when you do a trial run on video and it just looks like, you know, you're doing some kind of, <laughs> I don't know what, you know. That might not be the time to ask. I don't know why it worked. Why didn't it work, Pastor? Why didn't we, I, that, that, that might not be the moment to run up on him with 50 questions because he might need a moment to let God do some work on him. <laughs> but, but, and not every moment was the, might be the right moment because even Jesus, when they came up to him and said, this is a hard saying, he turned to them and said, you can go too if you want to. See, I'm a little bit different in my leadership philosophy. I have the ministry philosophy Jesus had. He said, tell everybody to quit. And if they can, they weren't yours. That's a little different than seeker sensitive. Not that we shouldn't be sensitive to seekers. But sometimes we made this about convenience more than Christ. The first thing I hear him say when he calls disciples is, deny yourself, not convenience yourself. He said, deny yourself and I will make you. And so he said, I want you to see that up on this rock, I'm going to build a church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm believing God that in this season, where it looks like we're physically separated, we're going to become more spiritually united than ever before. I'm believing God that the walls are coming down, that the gates are coming down. I'm believing God that right in somebody's living room, they're going to be healed of offenses they had in the sanctuary. That things that they had holding them in the sanctuary are going to be loose to where they are. Because maybe you didn't appreciate the ability to gather in the sanctuary until you couldn't gather as the body. And maybe God's not letting you go to church just so you could miss church a little bit. Maybe absence 
can make the heart grow fonder. Maybe he wanted you to set your affections back towards his house. Maybe he wanted you to say, I've set my affections back towards the house of God. Maybe he said, one thing do I desire, God, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe God wants you to have appreciation for his house. That's why he shut you into your house, just so that you would have a longing back for his house. Maybe God's wanting his house to come back with reverence again. Maybe he's wanting his house to be set apart again. Maybe he's wanting his house to be made holy again. Maybe he's wanting his house to be reverenced and know that you can't just do anything. You can't treat the sanctuary like it's just a concert. You can't treat the sanctuary just like it's any other place. This is not any other place. And I'm saying that from a place that's an event venue that on Saturday nights they party down like a rock star. But when it comes to Sunday morning, this place is holy ground. When it comes to... When it comes to Sunday morning, this ain't about a room. This is about what comes in the room, the body that comes here, the connections that come here, the relationships that come here, that when one of us puts a thousand to flight, but when two of us join together, we can put 10,000 to flight. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I came to tell you, you might not be in this sanctuary physically, but you're in here spiritually, and we are connecting to you right where you are, and we declare we touch and agree. We touch and agree. I speak over limitless. I speak over every house connected to this house. I speak over family that's part of this family. I speak to families that are part of the body of Christ. I speak to churches that are joined to this church, connected to this church. We are the church of, G- of Jesus Christ. We are the body of the living God. And in the name of Jesus, I release an anointing. I release a blessing. I release a glory. Hey, let it fall upon your people. Let it fall upon your church. God, one more time, revive us, O Lord. Revive us, O Lord. Let an uprising happen from every place and every village and every street and every neighborhood across this world. Let the body come back together as one like never before. How good a place is for the brethren to dwell together. Look at your neighbor and say, sit down. <sighs> sit down. Stop being offended. Sit down. Stop, stop running here and there. Sit down. Stop, stop being blown by every wind of doctrine. Sit down. Quit thinking you can be an island by yourself. And you, sit down. How good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity, for it is like the precious ointment that ran upon the head and down the beard. Aaron is the Old Testament high priest. Jesus is the New Testament high priest. He said, now when the brethren come to unity, now they've met the criteria for me to release the oil. There's an oil that's been held in reserve. There's an outpouring that's been held back. And he said, I've been waiting for you to get it together so that you can all get it together. (laughs) I've been waiting for you to get past yourself and get over you so you could get together that now when you get together there's going to be something you can't get unless you get it together there's some things you can't get by yourself that you got to get 
together. That means it can't be my anointing. It has to be his anointing on us. That means it can't. I'm not going to empower just one of you. I'm going to empower all of you. Ain't it something that when they came together in the, in the upper room and they were all in one place in one accord, that the Bible says, and the fire divided tongues as a fire sat upon each of them, not some of them, not the spiritual one of them, that he filled the house before he filled them. The Bible says, and, and there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and then clothing tongues like a fire sat upon each of them. That means God filled the house corporately before he filled them individually. That means until you're joined to something corporately, God can't empower you individually because he always empowers you individually for what you're joined to corporately. Oh, the oil comes over the body, and then the parts of the body get anointed. He doesn't anoint my hand. He doesn't anoint just my elbow. He anoints it from head to toe. That means the only way you get anointed is if you're joined, connected to the body, and submitted to the head. Oh. Huh. And when they divided tongues, that means he sat upon each of them. Not just the spiritual ones, not the deep ones of them, not just the leadership of them. That means from the front to the back. Anything that was in that room got a flame of fire on it. Whether you were saved for 30 years or saved for three minutes, it didn't make a difference. If you were in the room, you got some fire on you. Oh, touch your neighbor and say, I got some fire too. I might, not be, I might not be anointed to do what you do, but I can do what I do. I might not be anointed to sing like Miranda and sing like a bird, but I can preach like this. I can do what I can do. And when we do it together, something happens that can't happen when we do it apart. When we do what we do, oh, hallelujah. I, can't, I love people, but I don't love people nearly like Pastor Peggy loves people. She loves people. I ain't never met nobody love people like she loves people. The closest one is my, my wife. The two of them share that thing and that anointing. It's because, and I'm, and, and why? But, but, but it's not that I don't have that love, but they have the ability to express that love in a way that's different than what I do. And, but when we do it together, and it's anointed as, anointed as one, oh, hallelujah. Pastor Jeff, he moves with such, such ability to manage, to, do, to be able to function, be able to connect things, to be able to do things. From, from, it doesn't matter whether it's technical, whether it's financial, behind the scenes, operating things, managing things making sure everything's in place. Man, I'm a leader. I'm not a manager. He's a manager. <laughs> Amen. He, he, I take the leadership vision and release it to him, and he helps us manage things. And, and, and pastor, I mean, this guy, this guy is like a one-man man band of being able to do anything and everything for the body, his heart for the body, his ability to pastor, his ability to be able to care and lead. It's amazing. I've never seen a pastor like him before. When he's able to do that, the, the prophet anointed for the prophetic for the prayer for, for us to be able to have the fire and the fuel that prayer is the fuel of the body without that prayer nothing can happen see what happens when we collectively join together in unity man we can do what one of us could never do together we can put some things to flight we can get some things to shake we can get some things to move that never could before because we all got a flame of fire and it comes from the same fire it's just on each of us. Ah. Yay. And so he, he says, he said, there's an oil that's going to be released. And it's going to pour upon the head. Watch this. Aaron, and down the beard, even Aaron's beard, down the skirts of his garments. Aaron is the Old Testament high priest. For Christ, he was the New Testament high priest. 
and he pours the oil. Maybe God's wanting us to be united like never before. Because there's an oil that's coming that's never been before. Maybe there's a commanded blessing. Maybe there's a blessing that's not a conditional one, but a commanded one that's waiting for us to meet the conditions so he can release the command. And it ran upon the head, down the beard, and even Aaron's beard. Okay, so if Aaron is the Old Testament high priest, that means Jesus is the New Testament high priest. And the oil starts with the head. The Bible says this, that the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. I don't want any oil that doesn't come from the head. If it don't flow from that head, count me out. That means Christ is the head that releases the oil over the body. Uh, but watch this. He said that it starts from the head and down the beard, even Aaron's beard, and down the skirts of his garment. You want to know what the beard is? The beard is leadership in ministry. That's why he said, honor the long-bearded ones. <laughs> That's not why Kevin's starting to grow a beard. <laughs> he said, honor, honor, honor the long-bearded ones. Because the beard doesn't, it's not about, you know, how, how much beautiful facial hair you have. It, 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 it speaks to the leadership in the headship of Christ. That God says it comes from Christ to leadership and ministry, fivefold ministry gifts to empower the body. Mm. See, we've raised a body now that wants head to body. And doesn't want a beard. But you can't get what's on the head to the body unless it flows through the beard. That means you don't just have to submit to the head. You have to submit to what's in his head. You have to sub not just submit to the head. But in order for you to get what's in the head, you got to submit to the beard. Because the oil doesn't come from the head to the body. It comes from the head to the beard. And only the body that's under the beard gets the oil that's dripping from it. See, we raise a generation now. Because we saw a bunch of guys that walked in the oil that messed up. That now we've used it as a means to say, I don't have to have a beard. We've used it as a means to say, I don't need anybody over me in the Lord as long as I have access to the Lord. And we call it freedom and we call it liberty, but it's really rebellion. And, it's, and we think we walk in our own anointing when we're operating in our own spirit. And we've disconnected from the real oil that God wants us to walk in because if you cut my hand off of my body, my hand dies. It's still a hand, but it's without function. It can't really serve its purpose because the purpose for my hand is not the hand's purpose. The purpose of my hand is for the body. And if you cut my hand off, my hand withers and die, my body still lives. Now, is my body handicapped? Yes. My body now can't do what it should be able to do if that hand stayed connected. But I can still get it done. I can still use this hand to do what both hands should do. It's more difficult. It's not as easy. 
if I had both hands. But if you cut the hand off, the body's inconvenient, but the hand dies. See, that's for somebody who feels like, I got offended, so I'm not going to be part of it. I'm, I'm just by myself. Well, okay. That church is still going to live. I know you think that you're the only tithe payer. And I know you think that your gift is so powerful that that is the whole thing holding the whole church up. Just watch. Just watch. Spiritually, you begin to decline because you allowed something or somebody to disconnect you from what God joined you together with. Because you thought the body needed you and it not that it doesn't need you. But the body of Christ will survive. But will you? And he says, it flows from the head to the beard and down the skirts of the garment. Notice something. When the oil hits, the oil, the, the, the garment was made of finely woven linen. The ephod of the priest was made of such finely woven linen that when the oil hit it, none of the oil could saturate in any part of the garment. It was so finely woven that when the oil hit it, nothing, nothing saturated. It just kept flowing. It just kept pouring over the body. See, that's for somebody who thinks I'm the only spiritual one. Well, if you're the only one that got the oil, that ain't the real oil. Because when the real oil comes, you got to let it flow. Tell somebody, say, let it flow. Tell somebody in your living room, say, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it, let, let it flow. You got to let it flow. It's got to go from one to the other. That's why, that's why when I see God blessing somebody, I start shouting if I'm connected to it. Because if I'm connected to your blessing, I ain't jealous, I ain't angry. We part of one body. That means the moment it happens for you, God, let the oil keep pouring over. Let the oil keep pouring over. And see, and that's for some churches, maybe ministries, where you think you are so, listen, let me do this real quick. Let me just give you a real order lesson. Because I feel like part of this COVID thing is about realignment. I feel like God's letting the, letting the church go to the chiropractor. Because there's things out of joint. There's things that are not in right place. And God's letting this thing bring alignment back. It looks like it's separating, but it's really putting it back together. And, 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 and I, wanna, I, wanna, I just want to speak to something. Because we need to understand biblical order. We need to understand that there's congregations, and, and I'm not here to denounce any churches or any ministries, any individual things. I would never do that. But I'm just saying I want you to check your alignment. Yeah. I want you to check your alignment because he didn't say when he poured the oil, it started with the feet and it ran up the head. Because anointing flows with authority. Authority doesn't flow up. Oil doesn't flow up. It flows down. I'm just asking something. If your congregation has more authority than your headship, where's the oil coming from? Because accountability flows down with authority. That means it's not the feet's job to make the head accountable. Ooh. That means the accountability comes down with the authority. 
That's why you can't vote God out. If we could, if authority flowed up, we'd be able to choose whether or not he's God or not. But I can't choose my God. He's God. I just got to choose whether I submit to him or not. Ooh. What makes you think you can choose your pastor? So quiet even in here. <laughs> what makes you think that you could vote your pastor out? Who are you? Who are you, Brother Elbow? Who are you, Sister Kneecap? Oof. He said, I appoint them. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That means, that means, that means, that means um, perhaps if you say, well, I just can't, no, no, I, I, no, no, no. See, we don't have, we don't, we don't have, we don't have money problems in church. We don't have, we don't have order problems. We have control problems. We have people who want control. That's why, that's why there's an issue with churches that, you know, have, have vote people in and vote pastors out and vote people in and vote people out. It's the reason why, you want to know why there's, there's issues? is because the house doesn't have a father. It's because, it's because the, the house, if, 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 it's, it's, like, it's like if I have a spiritual father, if I have a spiritual father and then we decide the spiritual father did something and now, now we gotta, we're going to vote him out and now all of a sudden we call up headquarters and headquarters comes and they bring us a new father. It's like, it's like if in my house there were five fathers before I got to Ava and Ellie. Never be in Jesus' name. <laughs> They'd be like, well, well, who's my, who's my, see, there's a whole lot of generation who don't know who they are in Christ. Because they're not submitted to a father in Christ. Oof. Because you've had 10,000 instructors. You don't need another pastor. You need a daddy. He said you have 10,000. You don't need another sermon. You don't need another message. You don't need to be taught how to move in your giftedness. You need to submit. And be imparted. And have spiritual authority. Over and in your life. So he can empower you to become who God has called you to be in the body. See, you preach that stuff today and people think you're going on a power trip. You preach that stuff today and people think you're talking about personality gospel and God's moving us away from it being about a man. No, this ain't about a man. This is about God. But there is a man you need to submit to in God. Every anointing we have didn't start with us. There are no original anointings. That means the oil we operate in flowed from somewhere. And it wasn't just Jesus. It flowed from somewhere. Every gifting you have, somebody imparted into you. Every anointing you have, somebody activated in you. Everything that God, everything that God placed on you, it comes from somebody that went before you and brought you into it. You have to be led into who you are. You couldn't even, none of us would even be saved if somebody didn't lead us to Christ. 
What makes us think we have to be led to Christ, but we don't have to be led in Christ? No, no, no. You'll never enter anything in God until someone leads you into it. And we've raised a generation now that wants, that, that wants to be leaders and not servants. We've raised a generation now that wants to be lead and not follow. Well, you're not worth anything as a leader if you first haven't followed. You can't, you can't show me a father who wasn't first a son. Because sonship enables you and raises you to be fit to be a father. Ugh. You say, why, why, why are you sharing all this? Is because, because the oil has to pour. And the thing, the reason why we're missing the presence, people ask me all the time, I say, Bishop, where's the move of God? Where's the presence of God? Why aren't we seeing the move that we keep talking about? And what's been holding it back? And why does it seem like the, spirit, the church is becoming more refined, becoming better dressed, becoming better gifted? We got more technology today than we ever had. We got the ability to go online around the world when we never did. They were in schoolhouses. They were in little cabins and places. They were meeting in ditches in the woods, having, the, having, having sawdust on the floor of a barn and, and, and meeting together in those places. But the power of God was showing up. Why are we prettier but not more powerful? Why do we have more pro- popularity and less less power with God is because we've missed what this is all about. This ain't about what kind of chairs we got. This ain't about what kind of what kind of gathering place we have. This is about are you really connected? Are you really joined? Are you really one? Are you really submitted to God and to the ministry that I can pour a blessing? I can pour an outpouring that's waiting for you to get past yourself, past your issues, past your past hurts, past your church pain, and say, God, I surrender all. God, I get back to who you are. Set me in the body as it pleases you. And he said, when that happens, there's an oil that's going to flow over the garment. Notice something. It pours over the garment. It doesn't pour over the body. It didn't go head, beard, to the body. He says, it flows upon the head, down the beard, and down the skirts of his garment. That means the only way the body gets the oil is if it's under the anointed covering. The oil hits the covering, and the only way the body receives it is if it's submitted under the covering that the oil's hitting. We've raised a generation now that's so uncovered. We've raised a generation now that thinks they don't need covering, doesn't trust covering, doesn't believe in it. Maybe God is letting things happen right now so that we can appreciate what we had. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Nothing made the disciples want Jesus like them three days he was in the grave. And when his body disappeared physically, he was preparing them to be able to receive him spiritually. And maybe he's let the body go to the cave so that when it gets resurrected from the tomb, it comes out with all glory in its hands. There's more here, but I'm going to let it go. It says down the skirts of the garment, the most powerful part of your church and the most powerful part of his body 
ain't the head. It starts with the head, but it don't finish there. The moist oil on the body ain't the head. It says it runs from the head to the beard down the skirts. It literally means the hem. Anybody that knows anything about sewing knows that a hem is where the cuff is. A hem. The skirts is where there's a cuff. And as the oil would fly, slide down that, that garment, it would collect in the hem. That's why the most free spiritual people in your church and the most liberated people are the ones that just joined it. Because yeah. <laughs> they ain't been joined to church long enough to get churchy. They ain't been joined to church long enough to get religious. They ain't been joined to the body long enough to think we know it all. To think, I already know, I have the corner on how God can move and what God can do. All they know is, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. All they know is, I was in a bar last week about to commit suicide. And now God has saved my life and healed my mind. And I got joy and I don't even know where it's from. That's why when the music starts and Miranda starts singing, you'll see the people that are really free are the ones that move out of their chair. They start dancing. They start shouting. They start hollering. And everybody's looking at them, rolling around. Like, I just don't understand why they got to do all that. They're just wanting to put on a show. No, honey, it's just that they are at the hem. They're down here. They don't know who's in the committee. They don't know who's part of the club. They, don't, they ain't been saved long enough to be in the clique. They just know I was outside and now I'm inside and I don't care where I fit in the body. I'm just glad I'm here. I can be a big toe if you want me to. I can be a bunion if I need to be. Just as long as I'm in the body, let me be in the body. Because if I'm in the body, I get the oil. Ooh, may God bring you back to the place where you first believed him. May God bring you back to the place. I don't care how God has raised you in his body. May you never forget his feet. May you never forget where the glory is. May you never be, may you not worry about a position and where a seat is. When they were gathered in Simon the leper's house, they were fighting over who's going to sit on the right hand, who's going to sit on the left. And a woman walked in and said, you can take the seat. I'll take his feet. I didn't come for what he can empower me with I came for what I came to give him and she threw the box at the floor shattered it and said I'll take his feet because I know where the release of God is I know if I bow if I humble myself before the mighty hand of God in due season I don't have to empower myself I don't have to raise myself I don't have to be something big myself in due season if I go low he'll raise me high and when he raises me Nothing can tear me down. To the skirts of the garment. As the dew that descended upon Hermon, and as the dew that fell upon the mountains of Zion. There was something about the dew on the mountains of Zion. The psalmist wrote about it because he said this. He said, I found something. I found out where there's water. That it didn't matter what the climate was like in the valley. It didn't matter what the climate was like, the atmosphere was like. It could have been a drought season. But if I can get on that mountain, there'll be dew on the mountain. That every morning when I wake up, I know there's dew. Ooh, see, God's wanting to call the body back to Zion. God's wanting to call, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. 
God's calling somebody back up the mountain. God's saying, I want to take your praise level beyond conditions of the world. I want to take your worship level beyond what the atmosphere is like around you. I want to take your worship level and whether you connect to me or join to me, whether you stay connected in covenant or not, beyond how you feel today, beyond the atmosphere of your family, beyond the atmosphere of your surrounding your city, no matter whether you're able to go to school or you have to stay shut in, I want to know, can I take your praise? level up? Can I take you up to a high place? Can I take you to a place where the conditions that are around the world don't matter anymore? Whether it's a good day, a bad day, whether there's bills piling on the table, or whether you got money in the bank, it doesn't matter. I want to go to the place where the dew comes every morning, every day of my life, that it's not conditional to my conditions, but there's an unconditional place of worship that I've come to where I meet God no matter what I'm going. Bless the Lord at all times. May his praise continually be in my mouth. May my soul boast in the Lord and the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I realize he's on the mountain. No matter what's going on around me, no matter what's going on near me, if I can climb up in worship, if I can climb up in prayer, if I can get a hold of him up there, he will meet with me and satisfy the thirsting of my soul. It's not conditional, it's covenant. Mm. And he said, for there I commanded the blessing, even life evermore. I'm declaring in this season, as we walk into the blessing of the Lord, that there's an unconditional blessing. I want you right where you are in your living room, where you are, I want you to lay hands on yourself and just say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When he wakes me in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am, I'm, oh, I want you just to, anybody near you in your room, I know we're not supposed to touch everybody, but you can touch those less than 10, and I want you just to maybe just reach your hand toward them and say, you're blessed, and you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. I want to make you aware again, there's a commanded blessing of God, an unconditional blessing of God. You're blessed in your going in and in your coming out. You're blessed to be the head and not the tail. You're blessed to be above and not beneath. You're blessed in the city or in the field, in the sanctuary, or in your living room, when you got up this morning, when you lay down this morning, you are blessed. There is a commanded blessing on your life. May the place called there be right where you are. And may there be a commanded blessing, even life evermore. I believe wholeheartedly, and I'm closing with this, and then we're going to take some questions and answers, and then we're going to let you in. I love this. We get to spend some time together. That, that he, said, he said, I want you to see that there's a commanded blessing. Commanded. Not conditional. Commanded. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. And God's saying, I want you to, to, to reevaluate. I want you to do some, some internal evaluations. I want you to do some self-inventory and begin to do some realignment. Where, 
Where are your order and your priorities? You don't know what's important until everything shuts down. And suddenly, what matters matters. <laughs> and God's saying, in my body, I'm ready to do a realignment because when I join it together, I want there to pour out a unity. And be in that unity, there be an outpouring like never before. In the name of Jesus, I feel there right here. <laughs> Woo! You know, the most powerful thing that people ever say about Limitless to me it's not, man, that guy can preach, or wow, the worship's good, as good as it is. The most powerful thing I ever hear from people, and I hear it more than anything, is when I walk in that room, I feel such a love. I feel a joining and a connectivity. And they said to me, it's so amazing how diverse your church is, and yet I feel so one. Welcome to there. And I pray that this would not just be there, but I pray that your church become there. I pray for there to be everywhere you are. That there's a connectivity and a unity. And I pray unity to your family. Maybe God's wanting to use this season to force your family to get together. To force the walls to come down in your house because you all have to stay together when you're usually not even together except to sleep at night. Maybe he wants us to learn to dwell. Maybe he wants us to learn to get past ourselves and our own differences and not let our differences be a point of division but of unity and release a blessing that could have never been if we weren't joined together. I want to take some time. I know Kelly had to take a break. She'll be back. But I want to take some questions from y'all first or some, or some points. I want, I want you to share your heart. I want you to share some thoughts. I want you to share even some questions you might have for me. And either or, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what order. Just whenever you're ready, lift the mic because I know it's going to be powerful. Anybody go. Go ahead. Well, I think one of the amazing things that we talked beforehand and to behold the brethren I don't call a stranger my brother. Hmm. And it goes back to what you're saying, that, that this scripture, as it came in, and, and just the word blessing and, the, and, the, and what we've been talking about this month, and, and the fact that, you know, other ministries are coming out with these songs and just that have rocked our world. But the fact of just, this is, God is almost saying, behold, take a gaze, hmm. captivate for a hmm. moment, sit down, dwell hmm. with me, pay attention, my church. Yeah. Pay attention, those of you that sit together mm. Sunday in and Sunday out, and you do my callings, pay attention. I'm trying to align you for this blessing to flow. Mm. That this is all about the church. Yeah. That God will use the things that, that are happening in our world and in our life right now that is impacting you and I and everybody else out there to get us to slow down and pay attention. That, hey, you know what, that offense that you had? It isn't that big. I got a bigger thing. Look up there. On, look up there on Mount Hermon. That dew coming down. That even in the driest of times, 
The dew coming off Mount Hermon would make their tents wet. Mm. It was a sustainment. Yeah. That dew would sustain life mm. into an arid and a dry place. Mm. They knew that every morning that that dew was coming down, just like the oil coming down, the anointing, the flow coming from above to below, they knew that that was coming down. And it's just amazing that, that in this time to see all these other things happening and to get us out of our boxes as ministry. Everything we've been taught. Nobody, nobody taught us. You didn't go to seminary school. You, you didn't sit through leadership classes and all that to learn how to, to do what we're doing today. Yeah. And it's just amazing how God is just, just developing us and increasing our reach. And he's really speaking to the church. Get yourself together. Mm. How good it is mm. that I designed it so that you brethren would dwell together in unity. <laughs> Amazing. You're saying that, that he said there in the end where he says the commendable is even life evermore. Mm. What it's saying is life eternal. Ain't it amazing? Maybe God had to slow life down just to bring us back to what life is really about. And, and that life eternal. Maybe he had, to, he had to take us out of life temporal. Maybe he had to take us out of what were the seasons of life to bring us back to eternal life. That things that moth and rust cannot decay. That, that, that there's a life beyond just the conditions of our life, temporary moments of our life that's eternal. And that the things that are eternal in life, the enemy and the conditions can't change. Man. You know, if your vehicle if your vehicle's out of alignment, just keep on driving it. It's not going to fix it. You know, you got to stop. You got to take a pause. You got to take it into the guy that's going to get thirty to sixty dollars an hour, so that he can put it up on a machine and alignment. You got to take a pause for them to alignment. Mm. I love it. So one thing that's been resonating with me and the new, uh, the new Living Translation, uh, of course, first, says how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers get together. And harmony is so strike the chord from the human perspective, from yeah. the senses. And we talk about agreement, accord, and communion together. And at first, when we're all together, doing different things mm. and when something is missing then not everything can be done because that part is not there yes and so that's how that's how important it is to join to the church or to call to the church mm. so that you can work in that area and that function just like we talked about hands mm. and of no use but every person is important to the kingdom for the ministry. First Corinthians 12 says, we are one body, but many members. And the many members make up one body. And, and, and it means that we're diversity of gifts, but one spirit. And, and it means that, that, that while we are so diverse, the diversity is for the unity. And only in our unity do we find the function and purpose of our diversity. We're supposed to be different, 
but with one spirit and one vision and one purpose. Right. So looking at uh, looking at harmony, when something when a part is missing in a harmonious musical piece, it doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's missing components that detract from the melody too. So powerful. You know, I believe wholeheartedly that we waste oil. Because we're using anointing and strength in the body just to keep the body together. Like, like, like we're, 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 we're using anointing and, and blessing just to make sure that, you know, Brother Toe don't get offended. Right? Because, like, because all of a sudden Brother Toe misses three weeks, right? And we're going, oh, Brother Toe, where are you, Brother Toe? Brother Toe. And we're sending, we're sending we missed you cars to Brother Toe. So, so and, and, and Brother Toe, all of a sudden, we, somebody, we, we, Pastor Peggy reaches out to Brother Toe and says, Brother Toe, we want you to know we love you, and we're missing you, and we just want to know where you are, and want you to know wherever you are, we're praying for you. And all of a sudden, Brother Toe says, well, I'm just not going back to that church. Well, why aren't you going back to that church? What, what's, what's wrong? Well, they just don't appreciate me. So what do you mean, Brother Toe? Why, why don't you appreciate, what, what do you mean? What, what, what don't we, what, what do you mean? Well, well, they're always showing off Brother Hand. Every time, every time somebody new comes in church, we're showing off brother hand. Brother hand, brother hand. You put rings on brother hand. You put lotion on brother hand. You stick me down in this stinky shoe. Get manicures. You never get pedicures. Look at me. I'm just down here. Nobody even sees me. But every time somebody new, you're putting off brother hand. I'm just going to go somewhere where I'm appreciated. And so now we got to say, oh, no, brother, brother foot. No, brother toe. Come on, brother toe. And, and we got to get brother toe. We got to have a brother toe appreciation Sunday. <laughs> and we got to go to Staples and get brother toe a we appreciate you certificate. And we here on, on this Sunday of March 22 of 2020, we do to deem Brother Toe Appreciation Sunday. And we call you, we give you keys to the church, like keys to the city. And everybody come around, lay hands over. Let's put some oil on him, grease him, grease him up like a pig going to state fair so that he can feel like he's blessed and appreciated. And all of a sudden we say, we love you, we appreciate you, Brother Toe. And all of a sudden, now you ready, Brother Toe? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's run through a troop. Let's leap over a wall. All of a sudden now, Brother I what's wrong brother I well I saw how you were treating brother toe and now we gotta we gotta put all our strength all of our efforts in saying are, are you with us are you connected with us are you are you part of the body where are you are you joined and we're wasting our anointing we're wasting our strength we're wasting our purpose on keeping a body together that never fulfills the purpose of the body because I was called Listen, it's like if I was called to go across the street. If I was called to go across Battlefield Boulevard and, and, and my body is supposed to get across Battlefield Boulevard, all of a sudden I'm standing at one street corner looking across Battlefield Boulevard and when I look across Battlefield Boulevard, I know my purpose is to get across the street. All right, let's get across the street. The foot says, nope, I ain't going. Well, let's pray for Brother Foot. We get Brother Foot ready. Brother Foot's ready now. Ah, I can't see. Yeah, but you see, see how you treated Brother Foot? And all of a sudden now, we're still, we're getting the body to be able to be appreciated, to be everybody loved, everybody, everybody joined everybody, and now we're still in the same spot we were. And there's people dying across the street. And there's a world to reach across the street. 
But we've got all of our strength, all of our attention on making sure we stay saved. Making sure we stay connected. And we never fulfill the purpose. There are multitudes that are waiting. The whole earth is groaning. Mm -hmm. This is something the Lord put in my spirit this week about, about this whole thing hitting the earth. He said the whole, all of creation groaneth with earnest expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. He's waiting for the real church to rise up in their identity. The world is waiting for us to show up. It's time for us to manifest. We, we, we talk about manifest like demons all the time manifesting. It's time for us to manifest. It's time for us to really be the church. It's time for us to show up and be what God called us to be. Anybody got anything? I, I know for me um, lately, since all this started, the Lord has been talking to me about the fact that it, it really isn't so much about a virus this this attack what it, it feels like an attack on us it's an attack of fear mm. really is what it is because people are fearful mm. and you know there's a, a huge difference and we've said it in other videos between being using wisdom mm. and being cautious mm -hmm. and following what leadership is asking us to do mm. and, and living in fear yeah. and God hasn't given us the spirit of fear he's given us power love and a sound mind mm. and when you live in fear what does that do it calls you to isolate mm. And it causes you to make quick, rash, like just unsound decisions. Mm -hmm. And you know, yes, we are supposed to stay at home. That's not the same isolation we're talking about. Um, we're talking about not, you know, this isn't being isolated. We're still together. We're yep. still connected by as the body of Christ, you know, and, and there's still social media. Thank God yeah. for all this social media, yeah. you know, and, and he's talking to me about these pastors who are, doing church like they've never had to do church before we have we have you you're having to to just rely on the holy spirit yeah. we're having to rely on him for the creativity of how do we reach our people yeah. how do i shepherd when i can't touch people yeah. how do i shepherd when they're telling me you know don't do visitations you know be careful when you go to the hospital don't have more than 10 people in one gathering how do you do that mm -hmm. you know and then there's the congregation who is missing the hugs and the handshakes mm -hmm. and the feeling of being there and feeling the music and being there live and, and just and having that interaction because for a lot of people, the church is their family. Yeah. There's a lot of military people in our area, mm -hmm. and their church is their family because their families live in other states. Yeah. And now the military, they can't even travel more than 350 miles from the base that they're connected to. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have to use social media. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times we feel like also, you know, I can't go to church until I'm right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now you can't come to the church. Yeah. God's coming to you exactly yeah. where you are. And we talk all the time about how God meets you where you are. Mm -hmm. You're at home in your PJs probably yeah. right now. Yeah. And you're at church. Yeah. Because God's meeting you exactly where you are. Yeah. And you mentioned miracle signs. I had several things. I'm sorry. Oh, it's good. Come on. You mentioned miracle signs and wonders earlier. And just the other day, the Lord said to me, you know, there's been an influx. You hear about cancer 
um, diagnosis so much, even amongst, you know, everything else that we're hearing on about the news. But there were people who were struggling with that before this virus was ever known. And there are people who are still struggling through chemo and, and surgeries and radiation, and they're, and they're trying to decide what's next and what's best for me because every treatment isn't the same for everybody. But the Lord has said to me, I, I'm going to heal people. Mm. Mm, yeah. It is a season. We're coming into a wave, a movement, and it's not about just one house, one church. Yeah. It's many churches yeah. because it's about the kingdom of God. It's yeah. about the church. It's about God's church. He wants to heal his people. He wants to show up in a way that he's never shown up before. We've, or we haven't been paying attention. And it's just like how you were talking about behold where it's like give me your attention. You know, if you're not watching for something, you miss it. Mm -hmm. If you're not listening for something, you miss it. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm not paying attention, I can't tell you what happened because I wasn't paying attention. Mm -hmm. But now, where is our attention at? We don't have a whole lot that is, is going to take our attention right yeah. now. And so we need to focus on him mm. so that we don't miss mm. what he's saying, so we mm. don't miss what he's trying to show us, wow. you know, because we were just talking earlier about what is prophecy. Prophecy is just relaying and, 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 and saying what he has shown us. We're just repeating what Holy Spirit has said to us. Yeah. So if we're paying attention to him mm. and we're, we're trying to do all this new church stuff, we can just repeat what he's saying to us. Yeah. And it's going to reach people. We don't have to dress it up. Mm. We don't have to make it fancy. Mm. We just need us and obedience and Holy Spirit. Mm. And he's still going to move. So amazing to me while you're sharing that. It reminded me of every time that Jesus really wanted to do a, a lesson on faith with his disciples, he'd take them in a boat in a storm. And every time he wanted to sh prove and show them, improve and, and develop their faith, he would let a storm happen. Whether it's they were going across the boat, you know, the, in the boat, and he was in the bow sleeping. Like, like, that's the first thing someone needs to know. Like, God ain't nervous, right? Yeah. Like, he's sleeping in the boat while we're frantic. Like, God's not frantic about this thing. And they come and wake him, and they said, do you not care that we perish? Fear, it let me know that fear and faith always kind of have to be present together. Because what makes faith, faith is not the absence of fear, but it's in the face of fear. And that faith is the thing that outproves fear in the midst of it. And that, that, that both in that time where he, he says, he, you know what he says to them when he wakes up? He says, have you been with me this long? He said, oh ye of little faith. See, there's people that are saying, people that don't gather together or not, don't have faith, and they're trying to, and, and, and you got fear, or you got, no, 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 this ain't about where, you're, where you are in a church or not in a church. God's just wanting to let you know, like, this, this, this is not about the assembly of it. This is not about a choice between fear or faith. This is a fact that there's going to be both of them dealing with you at the same time. And the choice is every person has some anxiety going on right now. And somebody, and, 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 and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of what you're going to do with it. And it's a matter of do you respond to it in faith or do you respond to it in fear. But the storm is the storm. Everybody has this storm. No one's escaping this storm. This question is how you respond. And it's possible for you to respond in fear in one moment and then God speak to you and you respond back in faith. He turned and said, oh, you have little faith. And then he said, peace be still. Notice something. They had outwardly 
a manifestation of what they possess inwardly. Their fear and terror inwardly is what was producing the storm outwardly. He stood up and then spoke outwardly what he possessed inwardly. And the peace he had, he could bring. See, you can't change things outwardly until you let God change some stuff inwardly. That's why he said to his disciples before he left, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. It's not to say you won't go through trouble. You're going to have some trouble. In fact, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of the wall. You are in this life, you will have persecution. Is anybody with me right now? You're going to have the storm. Nobody's escaped the storm. But don't let the trouble you're in get in you. Don't let the trouble you go through get in you. Let your heart be at peace when trouble's all around you because, because if you'll let peace be in you, it'll change the circumstance around you. And, and that's one time. And the other time is when Peter was in the bow of the boat and it was in the middle of the storm. P Peter was in the boat and, and he was in the storm. He comes walking out on the water and tells Peter, come. And Peter responds by faith. Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. And by one word, faith came by hearing and hearing from the word. And he moved on that word and Peter begins to walk on the water. Peter begins to walk on the water while the winds and waves are beating. And the problem is focus. He kept walking and kept, Peter was walking on water <laughs> in a storm. And suddenly his focus got on the waves. And when he did, what he was focused on pulled him. As long as he was focused on Jesus, Jesus was pulling him beyond the waves. When he focused on the waves, the waves began to pull him into it. It's focus. Behold. And suddenly he reaches up and, and, and Jesus comes to where he is and picks him up. And we always... We always misinterpret this verse and misread it because we give you this idea that Jesus picked him up and then carried him back to the boat. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus picked him up and they both entered the ship together. That means the last time that Peter walked on water was not before he sunk. And Jesus' response to him was Peter... Oh, ye of little faith. He, it looks like he's scolding him while he's sinking. He's not scolding him. No, what he's saying, we always misinterpret it like he's beating him down, like, Peter, you were, you were walking on water. Why, 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 how, could you, how could you do this and sink? No, no, he's not beating him down. What he's saying is, Peter, do you realize that you were just walking on water? Do you realize how can you get this far and not get going? He, he said, Peter, you can do this. And suddenly he picks him up and he doesn't carry him back. He said, Peter, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do for you what you can already do. We're going to do this together. And he begins to walk back into the boat together. I don't know who this is. Maybe this thing's getting you anxious. Maybe you say, you started out saying, God, you're in control. God, you got this. But all of a sudden, bills are showing up in the mailbox. All of a sudden, now we're going, okay, I thought we had this, 
but we're a week in, and I don't know if I can deal with my kids another week in the house with me. And, 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 and all of a sudden, the pressure of it, and, 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 and I got to go back to the grocery store, but if I go to the grocery store, do I have to wipe everything down? And we're not supposed to meet together, but there's over 100-some people in the grocery store, and I'm around people in the line, and there ain't no social distancing in the line at Walmart. The line at Walmart, they tell us to be six feet together. I'm just like crammed back together, back, back together. And God, I, I'm hungry, and we need to go get groceries, but can I, am I going to catch it over here? Am I going to get it over there? And I'm... It seems like the numbers keep going up, and, and you start out with faith, but now it starts to sink, and it starts to get your attention, and God's saying, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come no, on, and, and someone's saying, God, I got, you got to do this, you got to do this, and God said, no, no, we're going to do this together. Yeah, I'm going to show you that this is faith, not only in me, this is faith in me, in you, that you have the ability to walk on the water, and I don't know who this is for, but God's about to raise some water walkers out of this. God's about the people that say, I want you to know that the storm is great. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the storm. And I'm going to begin to walk in this thing, walk through this thing, and there's nothing impossible with him. Amen. Anybody have anything else? Guard your heart mm. above all else, for out of it flow the issues of life. I just hear God speaking to someone right now, even as we're having this discussion, the anxieties, the worries. What are you focused on? We talked about, you know, social media and the news and everything, and I'm thankful for it. But you've got to guard what goes in your heart. Guard what goes in your thoughts and in your minds. Because we think, so are we. As a man thinks, so is he. I just want to encourage you right now that whatever you're thinking about, mm -hmm. you can train your thoughts. You can, you can shape your thoughts. And whatever you're anxious about, just cast them out. Mm. Cast out every anxious thought, every fear, every worry. I just want to pray for someone right now because even as we're having this discussion, like I just feel like something in the pit of your stomach. Some people have just been sick from anxiety, from worry. Am I going to get this? Am I going to die? Is it, it, what about my family? And you're just so consumed. And I just want to encourage you to be consumed with the right things. Don't be consumed to where you're just paralyzed. You don't even know what to do. You don't even know where to go. Or I just see so many people paralyzed with anxiety. I speak to autoimmune disease. Yeah, God. I speak to those who need healing mm. Thank you, Jesus. from diabetes, Thank heart you, conditions, Thank cancers. You, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I speak to blood clots. Yes, God. To migraines. Yes, God. From stress, from yeah. worry. Yeah. I speak to depression, yeah. to darkness, yes, to God. the cloud that yes, is just God. in your mind. Yes, God. I speak to suicidal spirits. Yes, Lord. To those yes. who don't feel like they have options. Mm. To those who just feel so closed in. Yes. You were even closed in before this thing came. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You had already closed yourself in. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were the one that in a room full of people found yourself in the corner somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
Right now, God is calling you out because he loves you that much. Thank you, Jesus. You are not alone in his presence. That's, yeah. that's the key. That's the yeah. key. That's the key yeah. to this whole thing. Yeah. In his presence, mm. you may feel empty, but mm. he's about to fill you up mm. with everything you could possibly you, need. Lord. You may feel empty and just consumed. I just, I just feel that word, that, that consumed. Yeah. Be consumed by the presence and light of God. Thank you, Jesus. It is shifting, it's changing, even your living room right now, where you are, I feel like the presence of God Thank is God. filling that place. Thank you, God. And it's driving out fear. You, it's driving out darkness. Thank you, we Jesus. will not walk in fear. We mm. will not walk in worry. The rise and shine for the light is come. Yeah. I thank you, God, for the light. Yeah. I thank you, Lord, that your light drives out darkness. Yeah. Help us to guard our heart. Mm. Help us to guard our mind. Help mm. us to guard our words. Help us not to speak mm. and create things. Because in this tongue is life and death. The power of life and death is in what we say. Mm. You will live and not die. Yeah. You will declare the word of the Lord. Yeah. You will walk in victory and fullness and healing and power and authority. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives and dwells inside of you. Yeah. My word says I can pick up a serpent. Yeah. It says no, no sickness will even come near me. Yes, God. You have Jesus in your life. You got his blood flowing through your veins. Thank you, Lord. His DNA is in you. Thank you, And Lord. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be Christ in you that's going to give this world hope. Yeah. We are the church. We are not to walk in fear. Amen. It's a spirit. Amen. It's a spirit. Amen. The spirit of fear. Amen. And it will come down. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I, in fact, I want you just right where you are, uh, I want you to take your time. And, and, and we'll be open here to any questions, any comments also. But, but I, I want you to comment. I want you, I want you to give us your prayer points. We want to pray together as, yeah. as a body. We want to pray together as the church. We, we want to pray together collectively as, as leadership and Limitless today for your needs, for your situations, for, for things you're walking through and going through, or concerns or fears or anxieties. Or, or trouble, or difficulties, or, or, or things that we want to join together with things that you need God to do. It may be doors you're waiting, doors you're waiting to open, miracles you're waiting to happen, things you, decisions you're waiting, needing to make. We want to pray together with you, believe God with you. So we want you to go on whatever form or format you are on. If you're on Facebook, on any of the Facebook feeds, we'll definitely be able to get your question today. In fact, there's one on the chat line that came over um, and, 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 and Tanya sent in a, a, a question, said, there are people that, that have been equating this COVID thing to uh, the plagues biblically. Mm -hmm. and, and what is your thoughts about the biblical history wow. and as it relates to today? And for me, I'm very, very cautious when I start putting a blanket on what God's doing. Right. Because... because I think you have to be very, very careful when you say something is God. I think you have to be very, very careful, you know, 
in, in, in some, some time ago, and I won't, I won't use names, but there was some time ago that, it gotten, that, that some things happened at Haiti, and there was all kinds of uh, uh, problems and hurricanes and things that came, and earthquakes came to Haiti, and there were was, there was some leaders, and we won't say names and all that, but, but that, that said, you know, this is the judgment of God. There were, there were people that, that when New Orleans got hit, with, with Katrina, we're saying it's because of all that witchcraft down there and the voodoo down there. And, 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 and I'm, I'm the, I'm, people can say what they, God can speak to however they But for me, I'm very careful that you begin to don't, don't begin to speak things about God's wrath and about what God will do. Because I've seen God use a lot of things that were both him and not him. Here's what I want you to know is that no matter where and what this came from, God's going to use it for his glory. God's going to use it. And before it's over, God's going to use it for his glory. He's going to do something in it. See, that's the thing about whatever seasons you're in, whatever day you're in, whether it's the day of the Lord or the evil day of the enemy, God will use what the enemy means for evil together for your good. I declare in the name of Jesus that this is not about whether this is God, the devil, nature, whatever it is. God's the God of all of it. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that God's going to turn things together what's not good. He said, I will work all things together for the good. That means there's some things that are good. There's things that are not good. There's some things that are God. There's some things that are not God. But if it's a thing, he said, I work all things together for the good. And I declare God's going to work this together for your good. God's going to work this together for the good of the body of Christ. God's going to work this together for the good of those that love God are called according to his purpose. So I hope that answers the question. If there's other questions, I want you to bring them. If there's other, other questions you have, share it. If there's other points of, uh, of discussion you want or other prayer needs, just come. We're not going to take much, much longer. But I want to take time to be able to pray for people, intercede for people, and, and, and hear what God is saying. Anybody else have a comment? Well, go ahead. Bishop, God gave me this word, journey. Mm. As I'm looking at this, we are in a journey. Yes. We're definitely in a journey. Yes. It starts with a J and ends with an Y. Mm. I started to rewrite this thinking that Y does not look good. But as I looked at that Y, the Lord says, no, you leave it like it is. Mm. I want that emphasized. Mm. And what he's telling me here in the word journey, it's spelled J. O-U-R-N-E-Y. Right in the middle of that word says, you mm. are in a journey. Wow. You've got J-O at the beginning, mm. Y at the end. Mm. The Y at the end is emphasized because we have a decision to make. Yeah. We're at the crossroads. Yes. We can go one of two ways. Wow. We can have J-O-Y huh. and have J-O-Y mm. for our journey. Mm. We can have joy My. or we cannot. Wow. It's our choice. Wow. We wow. get to choose. Wow. 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 So we are in a wow. journey. I'm in a journey, boy. I am. I'm telling you, I, I can't hardly wait sometimes. Wow. David said, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice 
and be glad in it. I love that joy is a choice. That means I have a choice of whether I'm in dread or I'm in joy. And, 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 and I, just play, I just pray that you receive and walk in the joy of the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. For those that are weary, so those that are faint, those that feel like quitting, giving up, may the joy of the, may you choose joy today in your journey. And you might not know the end of this journey. You might not know how all the turns and twists. None of us know what next week's going to be. No one knows come April 1st whether we're going to be in the same place. And they say we got to stay with 10 or less or we got we to gotta tighten things down or loosen things up in the gathering. But that doesn't determine your joy. That doesn't determine whether or not we have joy in it. We might not know the twist of the journey, but we can know how we're going to walk in this journey. And I choose joy. I, I choose joy. I choose joy. Amen. Amen. Powerful. Anybody have anything offline or anything from you? Okay, good. Anybody have anything else? They feel led of the Lord? Marina, let's hear from the youth. Amen. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were praying this morning, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, this is everything that's going on. This is such a great time to get personal with God. Yeah. You know, we can't come to church and we can't gather. And, and you actually have to feed yourself. Mm. You actually have to learn how to get in the Bible and get in the Word and worship on your own. Mm. And God is preparing us for when the church can come back together. Mm. We're yeah. all going to be fed and overflowing. Wow. To a point that it, it's, <laughs> it's not about us receiving oil or receiving anointing from God. It's about him overflowing us so we can overflow into the world. Wow. That's that's the real truth about it. And if we're not feeding ourselves, if we're not actually seeking God and seeking his word on our own, and it's great to get a message from the pastor. I mean, it helps encourage you. It helps um, build. It's like the sprinkles on top of the cake. Mm -hmm. But we have, to, we have to make it ourselves. We have to prepare our own food. Mm -hmm. we have to, he's given us the word. Yeah. He's given us the opportunities mm -hmm. to actually feed off of his table. Mm. And it's our job to pick up the spoon and eat it. Yeah. It's our job to seek it. And so I think this is actually an opportunity for us to become more relational with God, not just as a body, but individually. The hand does something different than the foot does. Mm -hmm. You know, we have different things that we're going after in our own lives, separate from the body, mm -hmm. but when we come together, it makes the mission easier. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the reality of what's happening here. And also, I feel like God's getting us outside of the building. Mm, He's yeah. getting us outside of the traditions that are holding us back, yeah. but also reminding us, you know, traditions are good. Like, mm. y in traditional time, they, s they sought out the Lord, mm -hmm. but also God's trying to teach us evangelism. Yes. He's trying to teach us, like, it's not just the body that has to encourage one another. The body is actually supposed to form to go out and encourage yeah. others into what the Lord is calling us to do. Wow. And so this is an opportunity for you to practice. This is an opportunity for you to become open. This is an opportunity for you to become vulnerable. And, and, and he's actually allowing it to happen in the place that we're most comfortable, our homes. Yeah. 
in the places where people don't see us crying, in the places that people don't see the thoughts that we have, the places that we're just like, we come home and we're like, well, I'm done with the day. I'm done with this. In the places that we can actually open up, God's allowing us to make space for him to be invited into that. Wow. And, you know, this verse is amazing because it's so, it has so many different things that it tells us, but it's so simple. And the biggest thing that I've gotten from this verse is it's just within our daily life. Yeah. It's within our daily life. It's in with, it's within conversation. Mm-hmm. It's within lunch dates. Yeah. It's within when you're at work, just doing your stuff. You have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what this verse is telling. Good and pleasant is it when we dwell in unity yeah. with our brothers. Yeah. And so it's coming home and being like, hey, how's your day today? Hey, how's this? It's in things that are already natural to us. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from this mm-hmm. is that it, it, let's start practicing it in our homes. Yeah. Teaching our children and not saying, oh, well, we have to go to church for them to feed us mm-hmm. and for them to get us through the week. Mm-hmm. No, this is yeah. something that's daily. Daily bread. Daily I feeding. I love, I love it because, you know, the Last Supper, the, 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 Bible, the Bible says, and supper being ended, Jesus rose and took off his robe. Sooner or later, supper has to come to a close. Sooner or later, we can't just keep feeding. We have to do something with the food we ate. The whole purpose of eating ain't just the taste. The whole purpose of eating is the strength and energy so that we can do. And supper being ended, he rose up. See, the moment he got up, they got nervous. Because they just wanted to sit at the table. See, this ain't about the table. This is about what we do when it's over. This ain't about the church gathering. This is about when church is done. (laughs) And he said, when you get up from this table, supper being ended, he rose up and took off his robe. Ain't it amazing? There ain't, no, there ain't no holy processional today. There ain't no robe going on today. The only robe going on is your bathrobe today. <laughs> and he took off the garment. Why? Because I want to show you. I want to strip down. And he, it, the Bible says literally he became naked and took on and put on a cowl. Maybe God's taking off the outer garment of church so that the real body of Christ could be exposed. Maybe God's taking the outer garment of our gathering and our religiosity because that's not real, the real body. Yeah. Maybe he wants to show his flesh. Maybe he wants to show his wounded place. Maybe he wants to show and say, look, that's where I fell when I was 10 years old. Maybe, maybe he wants to show that, that, that his body has some flaws. Mm. In fact, you know the flaws are what lets us know it's his body? What lets us know his body is not his wholeness, it's the wounds. You don't know it's the real body of Christ till you see the wound. When they rose up from when he rose up from the dead, they weren't sure if it was really him. You remember that? Remember Thomas? Thomas, and, and we always beat Thomas down like he's doubting Thomas. No one, the Bible never calls him down as Thomas. It does say doubting Thomas. 
Why do we call him Doubting Thomas? The only reason we call him Doubting Thomas is because he wants his own personal relationship. He said, I know you said he's risen, but I don't want to know it from you. I want to know it from myself. (laughs) And I like Thomas because Thomas said, if it's really him, he'll let me thrust my hand in his his side. And, and and, and And he said, he showed up to Thomas and he said, Thomas, come here. Put your hand right here. Reach all the way in there, and I want you to feel the beat of my heart. I want you to feel where the spear busts the water and heart of my, and, and capillaries of my heart. And it began to flow. And when he reached in, he said, come here, put, the, put your finger in them holes right there. And when he did, he fell on his face. Maybe, maybe people who would never come in our church gathering are going to find the real body when we stop preaching from our robe and we start revealing what he raised us from. Because the real gospel is not how anointed I am this Sunday on this line. The real gospel is that I remember the day the enemy tried to take me out. And I'm still here with the mic in my hand in spite of it. And that's the power that this is real. Because you don't know it's real till it had to raise you. And he took off the robe, watch, and he knelt down and he started washing their feet. And Peter said, you can't wash my feet. He said, listen, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you can't have a part with me. Because I'm not here just to lord over you. I'm here to empower you. And he starts giving them an illustration of real ministry. And the Bible says he knelt down with nothing but a robe. He knelt down with nothing but a towel. He knelt down, took a basin, and started washing his feet. Why? He said, Peter, you don't understand this right now, but you're going to understand it later. (laughs) He said, what do you mean? He said, Peter, you don't understand it now because your ministry hadn't started. But when your ministry starts, you're going to realize what I'm doing now because all ministry comes down to washing feet. Say, what do you mean? All ministry comes down. When you wash somebody's feet, you take off of them where they've been so that they can walk in where they're going without what they've been through still being on them. And everything in ministry comes down to removing what the enemy meant to hold you and all the pain you've walked through and all the fear you've walked through and all the stuff that's gripped you up to this point. He said, come here, I'm going to wash you free from what you've been through and show you that the next step you take is in the future and not in your past. The next step you take, forgetting those things that are behind you, I'm going to reach you towards what is before you. I'm going to show you that there is a newness of life you're going to walk in in Jesus' name. And so I love it because it's letting you know there's a time for us to gather and be empowered. But the empowerment of ministry should not be the dependence on ministry. That ministry is here to empower you. He said, I've given you some apostles, some prophets, some pastors for the edification of the saints, for the building up the saints, for the work of the ministry. That means the work of the ministry is not done in here. The work of the ministry is done out there. And it's time for us to go do what God's called us to do out there by by what we've been empowered and, and fed on in here. I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to stay connected with us, you can check us out on social media 
at limitless.chr or you can go to our website at limitless.faith. We'll see you next time.